this week's Mountain Basketball Podcast. I'm glad you're with me, and it's time to talk about Colorado basketball. I have a great one on tap this week. It's with a legend of Colorado basketball, Coach Seal Berry. She um, coached 22 seasons at the University of Colorado and won 427 games. She made the NCAA tournament 12 times, six times in the Sweet 16, three in the Elite Eight. Um, I'm really glad she took the time to do an interview with me. I asked her questions about how she got into basketball, what it was like being the University of Colorado coach, some stories about you know, her experience there, and also making the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame this year, and what she's up to now, because she's still working with the University of Colorado Athletic Department. I really had a lot of fun doing this interview, and I think you'll enjoy it. Hi, I'm here with Coach Seal Berry. She's agreed to do an interview with me. We're sitting in the Champion Center in Boulder, Colorado, some beautiful views over the football stadium and the Flatiron. So, Coach, thanks for being with me today. Yeah, thanks for asking me to come on your uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, great. So just as a, as a basic background, can you talk about you know, where you grew up and, and how you got into basketball? Yeah, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I was one of eight children. Uh, oh, really? Brothers or sisters? Or five. Both? I have five brothers. Okay. Two sisters. Uh, but I grew up on a street uh, where there were a lot of boys on the street. Yeah. And uh, we played all, all kinds of sports growing up. Uh, football, wiffle ball, basketball, baseball. We played everything every day, all the time. Right. Back in an era, I guess, where people were outdoors a lot. <laughs> Uh, but basketball is something in the state of Kentucky that's kind of a... Right. Um, it's a sport everyone understands. Uh, my mom's really, really uh, got a high level of knowledge. She's 93 years old, and she follows University of Louisville. Uh, everybody understands the game. My dad played on a high school state championship basketball team at St. X High School. Okay. And then he actually went on to Xavier University and played for a year before he went to World War II. Okay. So my parents, you know, advocated uh, team sports for us quite a bit, all of us, when we were growing up. And, you know, with five brothers, we played a lot of two-on-two and three-on-three. So I was easily uh, the the, uh, girl on the block that always filled those three-on-three. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you got into basketball pretty early. And you said, and you went to the University of Kentucky? Uh-huh. Okay, and you said you, your, your mom follows Louisville. Was that a problem for you guys? No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, my older brother and sister went to the Catholic uh, college in Louisville, Bellarmine College, and then my sister went on to Kentucky, and I wanted to get away from home. And really, in the state of Kentucky, if you're not going to Louisville or Bellarmine, um, you know, my options were pretty limited. We had to stay in state, and so Kentucky kind of went there as a place to go down the road, 80 miles down the road, and go to college. Yeah, okay. And I saw that you have an accounting degree mm-hmm. from school. Did you ever use that? or, or you <laughs> I use it now, actually. Okay. Actually, I was just in our business office talking about Buff Club contributions and where that fit in the revenue side of the budget. Okay. So, yeah, I've used the accounting degree a lot more in administration. Okay, more recently. Uh-huh. Great. So, um, so when you got into coaching, obviously you coached a little bit before you came to CU, but how did this Colorado job come up? Had you spent much time in Boulder? or did? You know, I had not. And... Uh, the Cincinnati was in, I, I coached at the University of Cincinnati. We were in the Metro Conference. And in the Metro Conference back there, Florida State had a head coach, uh, Jan Allen. And Jan 
was an assistant at DU at Denver University. Okay. So when this job came open, she called me up. I don't. And she must have known I was looking. I was looking around, and uh, she goes, "See, there's a job open in, in Boulder, Colorado. You need to go, or you need to you need to apply for the job." So that's how I found out about the job because there was no internet back then. Right. There was no news about women's basketball on ESPN. There was no ESPN. Um, this is 1983. Um, so I heard about the job. You know, it was hard copy application. You typed out a okay. letter yeah. of introduction yeah. and a resume and sent it out here to Eddie Crowder, who was the athletic director, and I didn't hear anything. And I actually interviewed at Washington State and San Diego State that year. And those jobs weren't exactly the fit I was looking for. So I waited, 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 and eventually got offered the job. Okay, great. So what, what was it about this, the job here that appealed to you? That you... Uh, the Big 8 Conference. Okay, right. The academic uh, reputation of CU Boulder and the location that I felt like <laughs> I'd be pretty bad if I couldn't sell Boulder. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so how do you think the Colorado basketball, I mean, obviously it's not like coaching at Kentucky or Kansas or Duke. I mean, how was it when you were coaching here I mean, do you think it's a tough job or a great job? Because obviously there's an appeal for recruiting in Boulder, but there's also not 30, you know, five-star prospects. prospects yeah, it was easier to recruit in Cincinnati. Yeah. I recruited a tri-state area, Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio, pretty much when I was back in Cincinnati. And I recruited primarily by car. So if you sign three to four players a year, I might pick one out of Louisville, get a couple out of Cleveland, Indianapolis, and really cover that tri-state area. Here, you can't drive anywhere. Um, right. I mean, if you're going to drive to southern Wyoming... Go to New Jersey just, for a quick game. Yeah, yeah, the population base isn't the same, and the interest in the sport isn't the same out here as it was. So, you know, that was the biggest challenge. Where, do, where am I going to go to get players? And so our recruiting base, I, I pretty much told my staff, west of the Mississippi, and we were in the Big 8, not the Pac-12, I I didn't really want to compete with Pac-10 schools, okay. UCLA, Stanford, right. Oregon, Washington. We didn't recruit the West Coast. We recruited uh, Texas, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Kansas City. That's where I got, you know, the kind of heart of America kind of kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of the questions I want to ask about building a team, do you just get the best players you can and then change the system for the, that type of athlete? Or are you looking for the type of athlete that fits your program when you're out recruiting? <laughs> well, I am a, I, I'm probably different than 90% of coaches. I look for skill, but I look for culture. Okay. Uh, kids that are mature. Um, because I, I think there's an overemphasis on athleticism in women's basketball. A little bit, how fast are they? How high can they jump? How quick are they? And, and all those things are really important in the sport of basketball. Yeah, of course. But I think from the neck up, um, mental errors are kind of undervalued sometimes. So the kid that was smart on the floor, disciplined on the floor, um, could play in a team system. I was looking for that kind of kid that I felt was, I really wanted smart kids. Kids that were, I mean, high-achieving kids, kids that were three, five students. Those are the kind of kids I wanted. Okay. And did you have a specific pitch that you'd give someone or 
did you start with like kind of a letter? Because I know a lot of these athletes, they'll get a letter in the mail, like an indication of interest, and then you show up at a game, or what was the well, process Well, back then, like? yeah, letter. Okay. We started letter writing when they were sophomores. We had okay. a whole group of, uh, you know, it might be 150 letters that went out to kids from, say, St. Louis to pretty much to Denver through Colorado. We didn't really recruit Arizona, Utah, that part of the country, lots of Texas letters out and then questionnaires with them they sent it back to us and then we start calling them as soon as it was permissible to reach out and call high school kids we'd call them and we'd spend a lot of time together my assistant coaches back then Beth Burns, Barb Smith, Jen Warden we'd sit in gate 8 of the Folsom Field football stadium Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night till 10 o'clock at night and call, call, call constantly make calls and, and garner interest in coming to Boulder. Right. And then we'd send them a whole lot of really pretty pictures of Boulder. Okay. Yeah, yeah that probably helps. The, so what do you think the hardest part, maybe not just at Colorado, but just of being a college basketball coach? Is it the recruiting that's the hardest part, or is it just the stress of a game? I mean, I've heard being a college basketball coach is extremely stressful, especially during a game. I mean, did you love that side of it, or is it just Yeah, hard I thought work? recruiting was way more stressful than the game. Okay. Because if you did well in recruiting, if you brought in good players, um, then developing your players was fun. That was the most fun part, the practice, conditioning, uh, strength development, all those things. Um, the games were nerve-wracking, especially once we started winning, because, you know, we built a following, and the following, our fans expected us to win, and so there's nothing worse than everybody in the arena thinks you're going to win before the game's even started. Right. Uh, because that's a lot of pressure. Well, everybody thinks we're going to win, but we haven't even, the ball hadn't even been tossed up yet. And you, there's a lot of work that goes into winning. Um, so, yeah, games were stressful, but by far it was much more stressful. Signing date was the most stressful thing for us. Okay, yeah, I can understand that. So I asked this question because I coached um, the CU cycling team for one year when I graduated, and I coached men and women. Do you think there's a major difference between coaching a men's basketball team and a women's basketball team, or is it just players or players? I don't think there's a major difference. Yeah. No. And uh, there are many men that coach women. Right. Lots. Gino Ariama, Bill Fennelly, Gary Blair, uh, Jim Foster. There's so, lots of guys that do really well coaching women. And the same can be said that there are a lot of women that could do well, really well, coaching men. So, no, I don't think it's different at all. What's different is recruiting. Uh, The recruiting game that goes on in men's and women's is the same rules, same problem that Tad Boyle has in finding population. Although, actually, for men's basketball, there are probably probably better prospects in Denver for boys' basketball high school basketball than there are girl in the in the DPS but um, no I think the pro- the issues are the same they're both 19 years old 20 years yeah. old they both make silly decisions none of them like to go to class you know it's <laughs> all about you know helping them mature and become responsible human beings and if you do that because they become better basketball players yeah I asked that question because co- my difference that I experienced was coaching men they all thought they were the best player in the team and the women were more willing to be a team member, and cycling is a team sport, even though people think it's individual. Yeah, now I will say there are different issues 
but there, there are equal number of issues to go around. Okay. I, I think it would be like raising a boy or versus raising a girl. Um, the girl isn't always the easiest one to raise. Sometimes mm-hmm. the boy might be easier to raise. But the issues, yeah, uh, boys, you might have more ball hogs. Uh, girls might be crying in the locker room before practice because they don't like their roommate. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of things, you know, there are a lot of different issues that you have to manage as the leader of a, a you know, of, of 15 college kids. Yeah. Great. So one of the players I wanted to ask you about is Kate Fagan, because she's gone on to be very famous and works for ESPN. You can see her on, around the horn on TV. And she wrote a very flattering piece about you on ESPN a, a, a couple months ago. And it's, it was titled, How Two Weeks with Seal Berry Changed My Life. And I could just read a part of this. It's a, she said, Coach Berry saw something much simpler. I needed love. And the very next day in practice, she started dropping love bombs on me. Not anything ridiculous or overwrought which would embarrass me and make my teammates wonder what was going on. No, just enough. And that's a story that she said she came to you and wasn't sure she wanted to be on the team anymore. And you changed the way you coached her. Do you remember that story the same oh, way? Or? Yeah, and since that time, Kate and I, we kind of laugh. I saw her at the Women's Final Four, and I said, yeah, I saw the article, and it was exactly the way it happened, which a lot of times people write <clears throat> books or articles, and I look at it and I go, well, wait a minute, that wasn't the way it happened. But that was exactly the way it happened. And, and I think Kate made, Kate made reference to the fact she was a kid from New York. Right. And, you know, she kind of had this kind of tough kid persona that I can take everything. And she was bright. Kate was sm- mm-hmm. a smart kid in high school. And I was probably a little tougher on her than I should have been for a freshman. You know, a lot of times it was freshmen, you kind of ease them in a little bit. But I was on her a little bit because she needed it. She she needed it, and uh, but I'm, I was, clearly it was too hard on her. And so she came to talk to me about it, and she said, "I'm going to quit." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> no. And uh, so I said, "Okay, all right, give me two weeks." And and kids don't believe you. They're, you know, she her thought was she's not changing or she's not going to be sincere, but. Um, you know, also, I didn't want her to leave. And if I wanted her to stay, I needed to figure out a better way to communicate to her and help her become, still help her become a great player, which she did. She became a great player and uh, got to start and hit a lot of threes and all that. But I needed to figure out a, a different strategy. Okay, that makes me think with different players, you have to even maybe coach them in different ways to get the most out of them. And you were able to kind of quickly change your strategy with her that really worked out yeah most most kids want love most kids don't want to be yelled at most kids in and i didn't i was not a screamer and a yeller now if i told them 15 times and they still didn't set the screen the right way and i'd already told them and they just were lazy yeah i'd probably get upset and tell them i've told you 15 times get your feet set on the screen and they might not like it but they could all also acknowledge yeah she probably has told me 15 times yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, I thought that was a great story. That's why I wanted to bring it up. So, well, first of all, congratulations on making the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. I'm sure you've heard that thousands of times this year. But um, just ask you something a little different. I mean, how do you hear about something like that? Do you get a phone call out of the blue or you is there 
how did, how did you how were you notified well they call you on the preliminary they have a, they go from 20 to 12 so they somehow I got a letter that I was in the top 20 then I got a phone call that I was in the top 12 then I got a follow-up phone call maybe four weeks later that I was in the top seven okay, that, they kept you in suspense. Gonna, yeah. yeah it was a kind of like a, <laughs> um, so it oh gosh I, I don't know I think when you get a recognition like that particularly now I'm an administrator I mean I sit and do office work all day and sit in meetings, so you don't get a whole lot of recognition <laughs> right. in the job you do now. Um, it probably meant more because I had more time to really sit and think about it and and uh, appreciate it and be grateful for the for the recognition. Great. Well, the last thing I wanted to ask you about is actually what you were talking about your current job at CU. I mean, mm-hmm. you're still involved. Obviously, we're in one of the office buildings now. Can you talk about kind of what you're doing now for CU and how that came about and how it's going? Well, my boss is Rick George. He's right. the athletic director, and he's been wonderful. Um, he inherited me. He didn't hire me, uh, which I appreciate uh, 100% that, I mean, he could have said, hey, Seal, we're going in a different direction for the senior women administrator. So I, I oversee our all of our gender equity in Title IX sort of uh, programming and make sure that all of our women athletes have equal opportunity to have a championship sort of success. So that's an important piece to me because I was, Title IX was passed uh, my senior year in high school. So I've kind of watched the law change and impact girls and women over a, what, 45 year period. Um, but secondly, Rick wants me to oversee every sports supervisor and help them with their sport programs, help them become better administrators. So in, I'm in my final years, final years really of working. I'll probably retire here shortly. Um, just to help them become a better administrator, things to look out for. Is, for example, we had a new soccer sport administrator, and I said, okay, what's your, what's your plan if it lightning, if we have lightning at the field? Uh, what's your plan if we have people with cameras up on the scissors lift and it starts to get windy, things like that. Yeah, okay, are you enjoying it? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it gets me out of the house. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, great, well, that's all the questions I have, so well, thank you a lot for doing this. I appreciate it, and I think the listeners here are gonna really enjoy this interview. All right, thanks for coming by. Thank you, Coach. Well, that was my interview with Coach Seal Barry, a legend of the University of Colorado basketball program. I'm really glad she took the time to speak with me today. I learned a lot, and she's a fantastic person. I really enjoyed the conversation with her. So I hope you enjoyed that, and I'm going to come back next week, and I'm going to preview the women's basketball team and my expectations for how they're going to perform this year in the non-conference. We're going to go over some of the non-conference games and also the Pac-12 results and it's a great conference, Pac-12 women's basketball, and I'm going to talk about how I think our team's going to compete this year in the Pac-12. So thanks for being with me. I really enjoyed it. If you did like this podcast, please click five stars. That helps other people find it who are interested in this. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm happy to answer any questions. And if I get some good questions, I'll answer them on this podcast. It's mountainbasketball at gmail.com. So feel free to shoot me a note. Um, and look forward to talking to you again next week. Bang, bang, and away she goes.